You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Reshma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, it's Reshma. Welcome to Brave Not Perfect, where we talk to change makers, people who at some point in their journey decide that it's better to jump in and just try to make things better now. Instead of waiting till they have all the skills and knowledge, they decided that it was better to be brave, not perfect. Today, I'm talking with Corinne Gilliard. Corinne is the kind of person who makes overachievers kind of look like slackers. After graduating from Howard University, she rose through the ranks at Oprah Winfrey. Then a few months ago, she moved over to Crooked Media, home of the Pod Save America podcast. So let's get the obvious out of the way. How does someone leave Oprah to do podcasts? You know... People ask me that, and I, when I started interviewing for the job I'm currently in, they asked me that same question. Oprah was the first job I had. I worked for many years on the Oprah Winfrey Show and for the Oprah Winfrey Network. And, you know, I think it was a really solid training ground for me. And because I had been there so long, I think I was really ready to try something completely different. You know, I think I just really drank the Crooked Media Kool-Aid and was really excited about what they were doing and wanted to be a part of it. So I took the leap of faith and and joined the team. What do you feel like was your biggest learning from working with Oprah? Oh. Either from her personally or your experience there? Everything. Because, you know, I'm sort of like obsessed with her. (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting because uh, in terms of career-wise, it's just a really strong place to develop who I became in terms of my career. Like, I got to learn... Um, next to some of like the most talented producers in the TV field. Um, so just by watching them, I, I think I learned through osmosis what it, what it means to be a producer, to, be, um, to have a certain work ethic and, and what that sensibility is in order to be a producer. And as far as like working with Oprah, I think like her content is just so, um, it's just so intention-minded and purpose-driven. So you want to work on something that you can identify with yourself. Mm. And so I feel like I learned a lot through just what she would talk about. But also um, it kind of drove me to want to do purpose-driven producing, which is why I think I was so drawn to Crooked Media, because they are trying to galvanize people to to vote, to be involved in the political process. And that, that same intention was, it's very similar to what Oprah does, but in a different space. Right. So like, what's your day-to-day like at Crooked Media? What are you working on? What have you developed? It's a very small team. So I'm kind of, I have my hands in everything. Mm. My main responsibilities are to develop and kind of launch podcasts. So Keep It, um, which is our first entry into the pop culture space, was something that I developed. It was like the first project that I started here. And I like that name. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun show if you haven't listened to it. Um, it's, it's hosted by Ira Madison III. Yep. I'm working on another one that's a more a female-driven news panel slash conversation podcast that we are launching in June. And I also produce the live shows for Crooked. So when Pods of America goes on tour and we basically go on tour the first week of every month, I'm typically there on the ground, like producing those shows. It's a startup in the truest sense that I'm literally doing like a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. So it's amazing because like Oprah was all about bringing voice to the voiceless, right? Yes. Like identifying people and issues and topics that like America needed to hear about. Yes. And, you know, podcasts are interesting too because it's, you know, the ability to in some ways democratize people's voices and opinions, but it's still such a bro culture. I can't imagine, Corinne, that you don't come to work every day thinking about how you disrupt that. Mm. No, that's so interesting. And I, I've never thought about it in that way. And I know it is a bro culture. And I, it, it feels like, unfortunately, like a lot of these startup 
cultures have that same bro yeah, thing so happening. true. Yep. What really drew me to Crooked, though, is that it is, you know, the anchors of Pod Save America are four white men, but they were really intentional about wanting their content to reach people wherever they are, like disenfranchised voters, people who were just really yeah. confused when, when Donald Trump won, was elected and wanted to do something about it. And that goes far beyond like the straight white male like lens and view of the world. Yep. So it's like a really open environment that we want to really be inclusive and we want to develop content that really speaks to different people's experiences. So I feel like I, I'm in a very special place where I have that freedom and to speak mm-hmm. my mind about things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if something is said that I don't, that I feel like shouldn't be viewed in a certain way. Like I can speak up and I feel like people listen here. So like it's, 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 I feel like it's a very special place to be. So I was, uh, I was at a panel this weekend and this guy was talking about, of course, Donald Trump and how he's so anxious and it's created so much stress in my life. And I could, I'm sure, I mean, I could totally relate. Like instead of, you know, reading the news before I go to bed, I now meditate because I was just, it's too much. You know what I mean? Like you need to actually take breaks away from the news and what's happening in our democracy sometimes because you could just... It's overwhelming. Like, but you can't take breaks. Like, how do you deal with that? You know, it's so funny because when I started, I really felt that way. And and mostly because, you know, these guys, they, the hosts and the founders of Crooked Media, they come from the White House. They come from this environment where it really is this stuff all the time. I don't know how they do it. Honestly, how I kind of deal with it is on the weekends, my weekends are really my time. And I had to make a point of that very early Mm. on when I started here. You know, I feel like I never really truly disengaged from it. Like I still get notifications on my phone. We're always in the office slacking each other stories, but I just try to keep a space for myself to stay true to what makes me happy and makes and alleviates stress for me. And I, that tends to work really well. That's the only way you can be creative, right? Like you can't be on all the time. Like you need spaces to like go for a walk, like, you know what I mean? Read some pop culture and, you know, like, celebrity gossip or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, I love Keep It for that reason, that show, because it allows me to kind of just indulge in the Cardi B of it all. Like last week they <laughs> talked about Cardi B and I'm like, yes, let's just talk about yes, Cardi B for 20 Let's just talk about minutes. Cardi B for like the next week, every day. <laughs> let's just do that. And Beyonce's Coachella performance. Oh my God. I must have watched that like nine times yesterday. It's amazing. I, I just, uh, I love her so much. She's such an important American treasure. <laughs> she really is. I know. I know. So tell me, like, what's been the most meaningful moment of your career so far? Oh, when I was working for Oprah, I produced this show where it was called Oprah Honors Civil Rights Legends. It was like a primetime special. Yeah. And we gathered these really important figures of the civil rights movement. So we had like, obviously, who is now Congressman John Lewis, who was literally on every front line of every major demonstration during that time. So we had, we honored him. He came, you know, there was Julian Bond, um, Marion Wright Edelman, Juanita Abernathy, Barry Gordy, Sidney Poitier, uh, you know, just Jesse Jackson, people who were were such important figures in kind of making a shift in this country for people of color to fully realize like what Mm. their potential was in this country and how these they're not necessarily forgotten about but we it's just really important that we remember the bravery of these people so it's just like a really and me being a black woman as well like I just felt this like tied to that and like understanding that like I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if it weren't for them and like the bravery that they really kind of um, just took on 
That's so powerful. God, yeah. that's so blessed. You know what I mean? To be able to mm. witness that, to be able to be a part of that, to share that. You seem like you really love your jobs, right? And have been intentional intentional about picking things that you deeply want to do. I feel like I often picked things because it sounded great or it was like the right marquee institution. Um, what's your advice for young women getting out of college in terms of like their career and what choices they should make? So I've been lucky enough to kind of like have jobs that I've really liked, but I feel like I stumbled along the way. Like I interviewed places and even did brief stints at places that I, I took those jobs out of fear that I wouldn't get anything else. But like, I just feel like the position that you want is out there for you. And you should never accept a job, at least in, when you're in your career, out of fear that nothing will come up. Because I, I feel like when, I, when I've done that, it's never the right place. It, it never works out. So back to Beyonce, because it always comes back to Beyonce. <laughs> so her performance, you know, focus on HBCUs. Mm. And she announced this amazing scholarship, right? You went to Howard. Like, what did that mean to you? Ah, uh, I love, I just, first of all, I just love when like HBCUs are recognized as, as like, you know, just the beacons of light that they should be. Because I think oftentimes people forget like, what HBCUs meant to black people in terms of furthering their education historically and like their relevance now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the fact that Beyonce did that performance was just, uh, it just like filled me with so much joy because like I understand by going there and understanding the history, like black people weren't allowed to go to school. So we had to create schools for ourselves. So like that is such like an important piece of like you know, how how we have been able to move, like black people have been able to kind of progress in America is because of HBCUs. And now, you know, when we're talking about some of the things that many of us are going through, like whether it is police brutality or lack of equity and educational opportunities or like whatever that is, I feel like HBCUs are still a place where students can go talk about these issues, frankly, not having to worry about censoring their opinions based on like, you know, hurting someone's feelings or dealing with someone's fragility, right? Like, it's like, we can just talk about these things openly. And I think that's really important. Like, it's it's important to be able to to talk about these things. And I think going to an HBCU is that opportunity. So I just want to highlight... Anyone thinking about going to an HBCU, like, do it, take the leap, you won't regret it. Going to Howard was, like, the best decision I've ever made for myself, so. Mm. And even for our program, it's such a huge source of um, talent, mm, you know, totally. that we see of people of color coming out and going into the yeah. workforce and, like, lifting that up. It really is incredible. They, they, HBCUs really are special, and I'm really biased for uh, Howard. Like, I think that's the most special one, but they're all great. so how did Howard shape your media career in every way like literally the my job at Oprah came through Howard like Howard had this um this really awesome uh communications career for every year and like a bunch of companies were represented like Disney Sony the Directors Guild training program like every company you could think of was there and and Harpo which was Oprah's production company at the time would have a booth there every year and I literally just kept in touch with them because I really wanted to work for Oprah and I got a job through that you know um so and I just think Howard too that experience just you know I wasn't always um comfortable with my blackness like I'd never I grew up in the valley and I just feel like it was very like the valley the San Fernando Valley in LA for the people who aren't familiar. And it's, it, it's, I grew up going to majority 
white schools and like having that perspective shape who I was who, or shape who I thought I was. Like I always felt that I was on the periphery, like if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I was one of the only Indian girls in exactly. my neighborhood. And I always, I remember I always, I always wanted to have one of those keychains that had my name oh my on it. God. So I'd go in the Kmart, never see it. And I want, I was like, mom, why didn't you name me like Samantha, you oh, know, instead no. of like Reshma? No, but exactly that. It's like, and you, as a kid, you shouldn't, I didn't even realize that like I was framing myself through a white lens. Like it, it's wild. Right. And, and Howard really broke that for me. Like it changed the way I saw myself, the way I saw my peers, the way what, um, I guess just my place in the world. And that, that to me is like invaluable. And I think it's, it's allowed me to kind of approach my career with this confidence that I don't think I would have had if I didn't, you know, had I not gone to Howard. That's powerful. You're pretty much going to answer my net, like my last and final question, which is like, what's your brave, not perfect moment? So when's the moment in your life where you were like, F it, you know what I mean? Like I've tried to do everything right but I'm going to take this one step. I'm going to break through. I'm going to make a challenge. You know what I mean? I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something brave. Honestly, it was leaving Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, and it's funny because Oprah asked this question a lot on her show, Super Soul Sunday, and, and, and the question is, like, what difficult decision did you have to make in order to achieve your destiny? And that's, like, a really Oprah way of framing it. But I, I do think there mm. was a part of me that was very content. They're very happy. And I think I was like, okay, I'm too comfortable here. I can do my job like with my eyes closed and I wasn't necessarily growing. And I think, I think a lot of us will face that decision. It's like, okay, like this is a paycheck. I like it. I know what I'm doing. I know the people here, it's comfortable, but like I reached a point in my career. I'm like, okay, I can either continue on this path or I can do something completely different, something that's risky because Crooked at the time was not much of, I mean, it was popular. It was Positive America was growing, but it wasn't like a fully formed company quite yet. And I felt like I was like, I just need to, to do, I just need to take this risk. Like this feels right. I'm leaning into that feeling. And um, I, I feel like I, I'm not looking back because it's just like a risk that I needed to take. This is great. Thank you so much for, for your time. And, you know, I think this is super inspirational. Our listeners are going to love hearing from you. So that was amazing. First of all, I love talking to anyone who loves Beyonce just as much as I do. But it was such an amazing insight into like being brave is not just about when you just can't take it anymore, but it's also when you're a little bored, where you know that kind of life's journey is opening up to you and that there's something out there that you're meant to do, even though it feels good where you're at right now. So for those of you who are listening, what's that moment for you? What was the thing that you either left or got out of where it felt safe, but because you did, you're in a much better place in your life right now? I want to hear about it. Send us a note at bravenotperfectpodcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. This has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Reshma Sajani.